0: What's up, everybody? It's Athea Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having an amazing day. And uh, I know I am. It's a nice sunny day in Jamaica. We're hitting about 30 degrees Celsius. And uh, man, to all my Canadian friends, all I can say is I am sorry. You guys are missing out. Let me tell you. So funny. I had a family chat with my uh, well, with my family. That's usually who you have family chats with. Um, I had a family chat last week, and uh, a bunch of them were all dressed up in sweaters and stuff, and I was like, a sweater? Wow, it's been so long. And uh, it will continue to be a while before I have to wear a sweater again, which is actually a really pleasing thought. Wow, I'm really glad we had this conversation. You know I feel better already. Um, so, no, it's uh, it's nice weather in Jamaica here, and we're having a good time. Um, I'm going to just jump right in today to a topic that... I think a majority of people have struggled with and maybe even struggle with um, today, and it it's a hard one to pinpoint, but once you start digging into it a little bit, actually you realize that uh, yeah this is this is a pretty important subject, and if it's not addressed, it can have some really damaging consequences so we 're talking about people pleasing and the reason we're talking about this is because a lot of my clients struggle with people-pleasing. Uh, it's super interesting. Like if, if we were to sort of break down the two most common subjects that come up around relationships, and not just romantic relationships, but you know work relationships, and family relationships, and, and friendships, and everything else, um, the two topics that come up the most are conflict resolution and people-pleasing. You know, how do you address or how do you deal with this, this tendency within us, which is to, to just tickle people's ears and, and to maybe not present our true selves so that we can keep the peace and keep people happy. So I wanted to talk a little bit about it today. I, I think this is a subject I've had to work through and I would say I'm actively working through it in my life as well. Uh, it's really interesting actually living in Jamaica. I live with my, our, I've, well, my wife and I have our, our own place, but we're at, my in-laws on a pretty regular basis, and they're, they're just a 10-minute drive down the road, and I, I've caught myself on, while we've been here on on many occasions hesitant to express my full self out of sort of this fear that I would be judged fear that I would you know disagree because of course like the deeper you get into another family um, the more differences you start to observe between them and your own family and I've really been confronted with this people-pleasing kind of fear of man thing trying to figure out like how do I be true to myself and still of course respect and and honor you know um, in this case the family culture that that is presented before me that I am now a part of uh, but it, it goes so f- much further than that. Like in a romantic relationship, I know a lot of guys who struggle with people pleasing as well. And so they, they don't want to upset their spouse. They, they don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Uh, they don't want to let them down or ever disappoint them. Um, you know, they don't want to hurt their feelings. So they're very careful about how they say things and, and what they share and what they don't share and everything else. Um, you know, it can be a real problem. In the workplace, people pleasing can actually stop you from reaching your potential and getting promotions that you're due, because there's uh, this fear often in work cultures of if I what if I say something that upsets the boss, then you know, um, then he's not going to give me the opportunities, he's not going to give me a chance to uh, you know to take on another project, he's going to lose his trust in me, his belief in me, whatever else. So. There's a lot of different examples, and I could keep going, but I, I'm sure you get the idea. I'm sure if I asked you, you could recall at least an example pretty quickly of when you struggled with people pleasing. Um, we're not super interested in what people pleasing is. We're much more interested in how to deal with it and how to overcome it. I want to give you four questions today that you can think of when you experience people pleasing. These are questions that uh, realistically, you probably have to journal early on. So, It's a little bit less practical, like ideally I'm giving you guys stuff that you can just pull up on the fly, but if you get really good with this system, these will be things that you can pull up on the fly, Um, just working through these four questions goes a really long way. So all today's episode is, is I'm just going to talk you through um, an example, uh, the example with my in-laws. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put myself kind of on the pedestal here for you guys to see. Uh, pedestal is uh, really, that's way too glamorous. I'm going to p- put myself on the operating table. That's probably a little more accurate. And um, I'm going to give these four questions, and then I'm going to kind of use myself as the example and the illustration uh, to hopefully drive the, p- the point home a little bit and give you an idea of what it might look like for you to work through this as well. Now, before I get into these four questions, um, I will start by saying that you know if you struggle with people-pleasing what i want you to understand is that deep underneath that that people pleaser or that struggle is something really beautiful and it's this part of you that actually cares about the uh the feelings the mood and the experience of the people around you that is a beautiful thing and it would be a heinous mistake to over respond to your people pleasing ways by becoming calloused, hard hearted, and inconsiderate of the people around you. That's not the goal here. It's not the ambition. And I think that has been uh, some of the solutionizing that guys have resorted to to try to deal with people pleasing is a very sort of black or white, all or nothing dichotomous approach. It's like either I'm a people pleaser or I'm a people destroyer. And there's no kind of middle ground of just being authentic, having a healthy, honest relationship, which might lead to some confrontation occasionally, but there's the resources and there's the equity within the connection to work through it. So anyways, I just want to start with that disclaimer. Um, That's not what this process is about. Uh, The four questions I'm giving you are really about how you work through the people pleasing and find a place of truth that allows you to act appropriately. Now, one other thing I want to say is that people pleasing is inherently ungodly. I really want you to take that in. People pleasing is ungodly. And this is a very important point because a majority of the people that struggle with people pleasing are people in the church. The church is is notorious for breeding people pleasers people who can't say no people who are too afraid of the spiritual ramifications if they were to have a backbone and stand their ground a little bit and it's really toxic it's it's giving rise to that there's a whole um there's a whole sector of, of clinical therapists who focus on spiritual abuse now can you believe it like if you struggle with spiritual abuse you can actually go and find a professional who's trained specifically in that area or who at least focuses on helping people who have been hurt in that area. And, and I'm, I'm very grateful that help exists. I, I'm not complaining about that. I'm, just, I'm miffed that the church has been so poor in their treatment of people that it's come to that. It should have never happened. And if you have had that experience with spiritual abuse, I just, I, I'm so sorry. As somebody who, who was a church leader, I, I want to at least just apologize on um, your leader's behalf because you, you don't deserve that and that should not be the case. But it, it, really, spiritual abuse is just the, um, the climax of people pleasing in an environment that encourages and usually relies on it. So anyway, I don't want to get too far off track here, but I do want to say that, uh, well, I just wanted to say that. Um, So I think that's important to note. Okay, let's go through these four questions. So if you're struggling with people-pleasing, the number one question you want to ask is, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? This is where you start. People-pleasing is always rooted in fear always. Now, you might say, no, 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 Cynthia, I'm actually doing this because I really care about that person and I want to benefit them. I don't doubt that for a single second. But I can guarantee that if you were to dig a little bit beyond that, you would find that actually there's fear at play. So uh, again, there might be some other dynamics, but what you're asking is, what am I afraid of? We are presupposing that fear is involved because it always is, you can take my word for it. Fear is always at play. So the question is, what am I afraid of? Um, with my in-laws, just running with that example a little bit, my fear is is rejection or a lack of acceptance. It, it's definitely the greatest fear that I experience with them. And I, I wanna make it really clear, it, it is, through no fault of their own. It is my doing. It's my insecurity. And and so that that fear of being rejected, if I don't work through it and I allow it to drive my behavior and the way I conduct myself around my in-laws, it will cause me to behave as a fraction of who I really am so that I can please them, so I can keep them happy, I can keep the peace, and avoid any conflict, and risk being rejected. It's actually really cowardly when you, when you think about it, but th- this is the nature of people-pleasing. It, it masks itself as, as selfless, when in reality it's very selfish. It- its true ambitions are always self-centered. Like, people-pleasing is yeah there's no such thing as healthy people pleasing when when people pleasing is healthy, we call it compassion and compassion apart from the lord lordship of Jesus is people pleasing so i hope I hope you can kind of see the 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 little duality that exists between those two, and that's why people pleasing is ungodly anyway question number one, what am I afraid of? okay in my case, i'm afraid of being rejected, afraid of not fitting in of not having that acceptance that I really want, uh, with my in-laws. Number two. Okay. Really important. Maybe one of the most important points I've ever made on this podcast. I know it's a big statement, but, but listen closely. When fear is driving damaging behavior, it is anchored or stemming from a lie. So when fear drives you to destructive behavior, it is simply the symptom of a deeper lie. That's a really important point to take in. So the reason I'm talking about fear that leads to a you know, damaging behavior is because when you're in the jungle, in Africa, and you encounter a mountain lion, that fear is really healthy. (laughs) And that fear should lead you to make decisions that hopefully give you a chance at survival. But when you have a fear of being rejected and it causes you to uh, present a convoluted version of yourself, a distorted representation of who you really are then it's a problem it's it's damaging behavior what lie is driving my fear in my case uh, the lie for me was that if they saw who i really was or how i really felt about you know that subject or whatever they would reject me if they really saw who i if, if they really saw who i am if they really knew me they would reject me See the the problem is when we are processing these situations we stop at question 1 and as a result we blame shift see what am i afraid of well i'm afraid of um you know so and so Saying something bad about me, you know, they're always talking bad about people, and da 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 da. And I'm just worried that if I really express how I feel, they're going to talk bad about me too. See that that it's so easy, it's so easy to just shift the blame and say, yeah, you know, that person, they're intimidating, they're a bully, they're you know X Y Z. But when you ask question two, well, what's the lie that's actually driving this fear? What you realize is it it it's it's on you. Like the ball's in your court. This issue exists in your hula hoop, in your realm. It's in your arena. And it's not to deny the fact that there might be, uh, you know, some intimidation going on or some bullying tactics or whatever. But at the end of the day, what's actually driving a majority of your experience with people pleasing are the lies that you're believing. So for me, I believe this lie. Like if they really see who I am, they're going to reject me. That's craziness. Like even as I say that, I realize how stupid that is. But it, it has driven me in certain conversations to be silent, to simply agree, to nod, to not really speak up, or, or, or to just even not, not, not make that joke because, oh, I, I don't know, are they going to think that's funny? Or is that too far? Am I being too much? Um, all of it is anchored in this lie of like, if they see who I truly am, they'll reject me. See, that's a, that's a self-confidence issue. That's a self-esteem issue. It's not their problem. It's, it's nobody else's problem but my own. And I have to take ownership of that. I have to be responsible. Now, these two questions you can answer on your own. But I would really encourage you to answer question number three under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And that is simply this, just a little forward question. What is the truth? What is the truth? So what we're trying to find out is, okay, if I'm believing the lie, that, you know, if I present myself, if I present my true self, I'm going to be rejected. What is the truth? Now, you're going to be tempted to just kind of reverse the statement. It's like, um, if I am truly myself, then I will be accepted. Right? In Jesus' name. (laughs) You know, like, these are kind of uh, just classic Christian tactics. Um, What is the actual truth? Well, when you tune into the Holy Spirit... That's where this question can be really powerful because he will actually speak the truth to you in a way that's, that's unique to, to your personality and specific to your situation. So in my case, the truth is that who I am is enough and it is better that I am my true self and I am rejected than I am my fake self and accepted. That's the truth. Let me say it again. It's better that I am my true self and rejected than to be my fake self and accepted. That's the truth. Now, it's not only better for me. It's better for the relationships. Because what relationship can actually be healthy and stable if somebody is being fake and inauthentic? Do you see how that works? Do you see how people pleasing can actually cause you to, to unbalance the relationship? Not intentionally, I know there's no malice, but this is what it does because you now have somebody who's not showing up at 100%. So the relationship is immediately unbalanced. And now you're robbed of knowing that person for who they really are. And without true knowledge of the other person, how can you have any kind of intimacy within the relationship? So it's a big deal. And and I think this truth that was spoken to me, I think it's true for you as well. It is better that you are authentic and rejected than fake and accepted. Wow, that was a great point. I'm really, I'm sitting on that one. That's, That's pretty decent. Okay, question number four. What does it look like to act on the truth in this situation? So what does it look like for Sathya around his in-laws to to live out the statement that it's better that Sathya is his true self and rejected by his in-laws than to be his false self and accepted? What does that look like? Well, it might mean that I speak up. Now, I can be kind about it. I can be gentle and honoring. If I disagree, you can kind of tell, like, you know, there's certain things that, uh, that my in-laws are about that, like, for me, I, I don't see things quite the same way. So, for me, it looks like presenting my case, doing it honorably, but also doing it honestly and not, not backing down, not trying to sugarcoat it, not trying to, I don't know, you know, sort of, it, like, kind of misrepresent it so that it's, it's acceptable to them, but just being true to myself? What does it look like? Maybe it it looks like asking questions about their side of it and trying to understand where they're coming from more because maybe the language they're using or the way they're explaining something is actually, um, it's actually the same thing that I stand for but they're just phrasing it in a way that I'm not familiar with. This question is is very open. There's lots of right answers to it. And I suppose if there were a fifth question, it would be, what can you do right now to act on it? Like, again, this can't just be theory. These have to be questions we actually walk out and live out. So if you struggle with people pleasing, you know, in your romantic relationship, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid they're gonna leave you if you upset them? What lies driving your fear? Maybe it's that, you know, if you upset them, you're gonna be abandoned. What's the truth? I'm not going to fill that one in for you, but what's the truth? Figure it out, and what does it look like to act on the truth? Um, I'll end with a story. Uh, good friends of mine from Florida. got married uh, many years ago, probably seven, eight years ago now. And uh, when I had met them at the time, they were engaged, and you know we became really good friends in ministry school. And uh, you know, we all went our separate ways after ministry school, but I've kept in touch with them. In fact, I, I saw um, the guy just last month on my layover coming back from Texas. So we, we found out you know when, when we've got the chance to uh, sporadically over the years and um, my fiance at the time we were we were visiting them a few years back before Shalom and I got married and um, you know we got just talking about marriage and they had been married for four or five years at the time and so uh, we had asked you know what's what's your advice or you know what was the first year of marriage like for you guys you got any tips for us and um, they they said you know the biggest thing we would um, we would encourage you guys to do is just talk through your fears, and uh, we said what do you mean? And and she spoke up and she said well um, basically he had this fear that um, that I was going to leave him. It was like this deep thing that like if he did anything wrong if he upset me I was going to leave him. So he was just like this puppy dog that would do everything I asked him to do. He he was. He was so soft and such a pushover, and our marriage really suffered as a result. And we said, how, how did it suffer? And she said, well, I just felt like I wasn't in a relationship. I felt like I was a parent. And, and so we had a conversation. We talked it through. I made it very clear, like, I'm not leaving you. It's okay. We could have disagreements. And we started talking it through, and, and now, like, we're good to go. You know, and it's not a problem anymore. And I, and I want to I wanna encourage you um, that if you're experiencing this in relationships where maybe you're, um, you're actively involved with these people, uh, colleagues, coworkers, friends, and certainly romantic partners, um, it might be worthwhile to have the conversation. Now, you'll know if it's appropriate or not. Um, now, pay attention to the word choice. I'm not saying you'll know if it's comfortable, you'll know if it's easy. Not, I'm not even saying you'll know if it's the right thing to do you'll know if it's appropriate or if it's necessary. Because remember, if people-pleasing exists in a relationship, the relationship has a lid. You have put a lid on it with your people-pleasing ways. So the only way your relationships grow is if you work through your people-pleasing ways, if you work through the lies driving your fear and you're willing to start acting on the truth instead. I'm gonna leave it there, guys. I hope this helps you. I think people pleasing is uh, very prominent among men, and um, we gotta we gotta step up. We really gotta figure out ways to be our true selves um, so that we can properly represent Jesus, we can model healthy relationships, and we can become everything that we were made to be. That's what this is really about. Thank you guys for listening. Um, really encourage you. Share this episode with somebody if you know someone who's struggling with people pleasing. Um, yeah, share it with them. Um, let's say, hey, I was thinking of you. Um, this might give you some practical information to help you overcome people-pleasing. And uh, maybe if you're on the other side of the equation and there's somebody who's really close to you, you can tell they're a bit of a people-pleaser. Um, just say, hey, I want you to listen to this podcast. Um, give it some thought. I think, I think our friendship could improve, actually. Or I, I think this marriage could get a lot better if you put some of this into practice and I'd be willing to help you out with it. Um, that, would be, that would make you like friend of the year, or spouse of the year, you know, I think that would really go a long way. Guys, have an amazing day. Thanks for listening, we'll talk soon. Bye bye. Hey everybody, it's Thea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash The Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now, I wanna take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about, our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal. We saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality and faith, There are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships, to sex, to male anatomy, calling, career, and everything in between. We create a Deep Clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, VIP access to our podcast guests, where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar, and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep Clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP at www.sotheasam.com/deepcleanvip. The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sotheasam.com/deepcleanvip. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very very soon.